Welcome to Life Lean In, a podcast that brings you biblical insight and tested tips on living your life to its fullest potential while leaning into the influence you've been given. And now, your host, Pastor Dan Smith. Welcome to Life Lean In. I get to be your host today. I am Kelsey Smith. And I am so excited to be here with not only my husband, Dan Smith, who is your usual host, but also one of our great friends, Pastor John Pomeroy. Hey. He is with New Anthem Church in... Mount Clemens, Michigan. Mount Clemens, Michigan. And so if you're joining us for the first time on Life Lean In, this is an awesome thing we do while Pastor Dan does each week um, to really just talk about life and to help give you those applications that aren't just on a Sunday morning, but that, you know, really speak into leadership. He always says, nobody's perfect. We're all in process. Mm -hmm. So never stop growing, never stop learning and keep leaning in. Did I just nail that? Life Lean In. I just nailed that. Amazing. Preach. Awesome. Love it. So... Today, we're going to talk about church planting. I'm surrounded by two of the great church planters of Michigan. The great. Do the you great. guys like that? Apparently. <laughs> I don't know if I goats. like that. I don't, yeah. The, the goats. Go, the goats. I don't need that kind of Definitely not the goats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you have not yet, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. This is also available on Spotify. Um, on Apple Podcasts, and so there's many ways for you to get this information. We also do a weekly email with it in there, so you can subscribe to that too. But we're going to start with a game. Ready? You guys are on the hot seat. Ooh. John is on the hot seat. Oh, you don't have to do <laughs> No, no. These? Well, I mean, I, can, I, can, I will if I need oh, okay. to. But John's on the hot seat. There's no right or wrong answer. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. So it's fill what in style? the blank. Fill, fill in the blank. blank. Fill oh, jeez. Oh, no. It's a get okay. to know you, right? <laughs> it, okay. Yep. I'm ready. Your last meal on earth would be? Something with eggs in it. Oh. Wow. Eggs. You're healthy. Uh, no. Like no. What? what? I, I like the cholesterol part of the egg, not oh. the healthy part of the egg. I just have a the breakfast addiction. Deal. Yeah. Breakfast so addiction. scrambled. Yeah. Yep. Like a, wow. Yep. I love it. I was not expecting that. I love it. Hmm. All right. Ready? Yeah. Most famous person you've ever met? Oh, probably. Okay. So, uh, uh, Brian May, which is um, the guitarist for Queen, oh. um, was that one of my gigs one time and, and got to talk after. That was awesome. pretty cool. Very moment. cool. Yeah, and Adele in Chicago. Met her what? at a jazz club. It was crazy. I'm actually very what? jealous of that one. Yeah. Well, you answer, you fill it in. What most famous person you've met? Mm, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Standing behind Together? Me. Yeah, because I did. I went to college in Nashville. So I was at Starbucks and turned around. I was like, stop it. It's amazing. I didn't tell you that. Oh, I can tell you, Dan. I don't, you ready? I don't know. Sandy. No. Because I, Sandra Bullock. He made wow. her coffee when he was working at Starbucks. And she wanted to have Sandy written on she her She did. Coffee. I asked her, because Starbucks, you ask what, what your name is. And we were always told, no matter how famous the person that walks in, you, you ask them her name just like everybody else. <laughs> and she said her name was Sandy. I wouldn't say she was the most famous person I've ever met. I think, I think John might be the... Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, moving on. Low-hanging fruit there. Oh, come on. <laughs> Favorite TV series of all time? The Office. Oh, nice. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. It's a masterpiece. It Confession, <laughs> I've never really watched it. Man. Maybe one or two episodes. We're going to pray for your salvation I know, later. I know. Kelsey's favorite is. I'm, I'm get, no, I was going to say, next question. Friends, love it or hate it? <sighs> 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle. Hold on. I'm in the middle. I'm like, okay. in, I'm indifferent. I, I've seen, that I think, the worse. whole thing. I know, right? You just don't care. <laughs> I just don't. I don't care. I could live or die. Um, so I've seen the whole thing. I've seen the whole thing. Okay. And I have a couple of favorite episodes. I have a couple favorite character moments. But overall, it's not really strong TV in my opinion. But I feel the same way about Seinfeld. Oh, I don't like Seinfeld. Okay, good. Mm-mm, I don't. I yeah. probably would have gone Seinfeld before Friends. But oh, we're going to move on. It's, fine. it's, it's right. my age. I'm older. <laughs> That's true. You are older. Okay. If you weren't in MASH. Adult- Come on. MASH. Mash. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is terrible. All right. If I wasn't in full-time ministry, I would be. Oh, I don't. Probably dead somewhere. Uh, oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would be. Oh, man. I really don't know. Probably doing something like entrepreneurial because I love like I, I have side businesses right now and like I love just like dabbling in that for fun. So yeah. I'd probably just go all in with that. And I thought you would say you'd be a performing artist. See, I already did that, oh. and it's I it's and so you're Fair done. Job. I'm done with that. Yeah. Yeah. Kelsey wanted to be Britney Spears. Free Britney. In her in her <laughs> early days. In her, then she shaved her head, and I was like, Hashtag Why did you do Britney. this to me? Yeah. yeah. That was my goal. So you didn't want it wasn't that phase that you wanted to be like her. Okay, good. Yeah, that's good. All right. Your favorite thing about Michigan is Oh man. Um right now all the golf courses for sure. Um other than that, the people. I love Michigan people because they're not um they're not easy. They have an icy, cold exterior. But when you break through that, they're more loyal than any other people I've met in any other state. That is so true. That's very accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always said going to school in Nashville, everyone was so nice. Yeah. You know, it's that like, bless her heart, mm-hmm. but she's as dumb as a box. Now. <laughs> you know, and it sounds so nice, but then you're like, what? but it can also yeah. be it can also be fake, right? Yeah. You know, it can kind of be culture a, a mask driven. On. But yeah. even even like being a northerner in school, there they were like, ooh, you're like really sarcastic yeah. and kind of like, yeah, rough. Yep. But that is true. Once you get through that break through exterior, it. anytime I go to North Carolina, I am the rudest person in North Carolina. Yep. So my wife and I just kind of accept it. We're just like, okay. <laughs> we're just gonna we wear it. the hat. We're like, all right, we're not even going to try to be nice to anyone. <laughs> I'm not even going to so try. Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I love it. All right. Dan favorite golf this. course. Oh. Wait, oh, favorite golf one. course. Favorite golf course so far, Arcadia Bluffs <gasps> and Arcadia, Michigan. Blew my Haven't mind. played it yet. I want to play Incredible. it. Incredible. Took my breath it. away. Yeah. I cried a little bit. On Where the I've been side. there. Yeah. Uh, Arcadia, Michigan. It's kind of near um, Frankfurt. It's like south okay. of Frankfurt, north of Manistee. I mean, it's, go- it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I we we drove by it once. We sat and watched uh, my brother and I. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'd love yeah. to play there. It's incredible. I don't actually know if I'd like to play there or not. Oh, you would. Okay. It's so fun. <laughs> yep. All right. Best era of music is. Oh, oh I don't know. I mean, you, you kind of have to say eighties. Um. Yeah, let's just say. Okay, who's your favorite artist of all time? Mm-hmm. Um, I just threw that it, one. In it, there. I I don't have a favorite artist. I have a favorite artist in different genres of music. Okay, favorite artist of the eighties. Oh, of the eighties, um, probably it's pretty close between. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. Really that's hard. Like, that's a, I don't. So I don't have a favorite in in eras, just okay. genres. So I have favorite like rock artists, country artists, R and B. Like, Ooh, it's, who's your favorite country it's, artist? Hold on, hold on. Uh, no, I want to know this. It's interesting that you said '80s because I just signed up for a uh, satellite radio, Sirius Radio, mm. and one of my 
what am I, what do you call those buttons? Like the 80s, your the quick button preset is 90s on nine. But now I'm going to have to go check out 80s on eight Got because you. of what you just said. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back. Quick, because that was question my era. for you, though. Yeah. You know that like Spotify, you know, Spotify yes. and Apple Music. So why, what satellite Screamed radio? That on. Yeah, what? Thank you. That's so, a great question. This is not supposed to be my question. So here, so I did something. In I was given it. a free car by my mother. Praise God, it's a free car and it had like twenty thousand miles on it. To keep wow. a long story short, it doesn't connect well. So phone. it's just, it's just, it's a little bit. Uh, what's the word for it? It's just glitchy. Yeah, I mean, it's it just drives me nuts. Gotcha. So. Trying to get my phone connected, not connected. It, I'm just like, man, I just want to listen to the radio and not worry about driving off the road trying to connect my phone. That makes yeah. sense. So that makes sense. This next, but one I is, used to. That I mean, you used to. That's true. This yeah. next Spotify one is perfect with what we were talking about earlier. <clears throat> okay. So you can elaborate because I think I love your story. My favorite hobby is. My favorite hobby is golf for sure because I didn't. I, I've only been golfing for a year, um, a year this month. But before that, I had no hobbies. My hobbies was working on reading the Bible, working on sermons. Yeah. That was just yeah. my hobby. And I, it wasn't healthy at all. So my wife greatly appreciates my new hobby. Um, That's great. Yeah, she loves it. She's a, she's a huge fan of it, not for herself, but for me. And uh, it's been great. It's been awesome. I love it. And I'm completely obsessed with it. Love that. Yeah. Kelsey's love that. better than I. I am. So if we go golfing together and we do a scramble, yeah. I – she hits it straight and I hit it far, but really out of bounds and I lose my ball. So mm-hmm. we are a good team. <laughs> I can make a couple putts now yeah. and then. So yeah. it's good. Chipping. Nice. Chipping. Yeah. I'm a terrible chipper. I'm, I can get out of the, the sand pretty easily yeah. once yeah. I hit it in, you know? All right. This is the last one. Okay. Best place I've ever traveled is. Best place I've ever traveled. Oh, I don't know. Um, oh man. I don't know best place that's a interesting uh i don't i guess i don't i don't know i don't have a place i don't really i don't know michigan's my favorite place in the world well so there you go there you that's yep. michigan yeah mm-hmm. michigan someone was asked that question and they said home yeah i was like that's good that yeah. is good i told my daughters that yesterday that i was not feeling that because they've been screaming at each other 24 7 for like two weeks I said, I want to look forward to coming home. What was that? That was Charles Gamble. Yep. She said Pastor, she'd like going home because she traveled a lot. Yep. So. All right. You guys ready to jump into it? Let's talk about it. Let's do it. So we're going to talk a little bit about planting through the ARC Association of Related Churches. Planting what? Planting a church. Planting a church. Yes. 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 Um, Which for those of you who, you know, it's entrepreneurial. It's like starting a business. Yeah. We're starting a church from scratch. It doesn't exist yet. Yeah. That's what church planting is. Yep. Yep. And ARC is the Association of Related Churches. And so they started with a goal of just helping plant other churches. Mm. Right. And yeah, the way they phrase it is really cool. They said they want, they started with the idea of we want to resource and coach and help other church planters to succeed. Someone who had a, a dream in their heart to mm. start a new church, they wanted to, to help make that happen. Right. And so that's the heartbeat of, of ARC. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. And yeah. Um, man, it's been an honor to be a part of that family mm-hmm. for sure. So we're going we're gonna to dive into that. Yeah. And you said that <clears throat> when they started, their, their goal was to reach a thousand churches, right? Yeah. 
And what are you said this year? Or maybe two thousand. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. This it was year Pastor they'll Greg reach and, that number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going. Ark will plant over a thousand churches this fall. Insane. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's twenty incredible. twenty years, almost twenty one years. Yeah. Over a thousand churches. And what Ark Church plant number are we? So New Life Church is Ark Church plant number six hundred and eight. Okay. And we planted in September of two thousand sixteen. So we're. We're going to celebrate five years this fall, yeah. which is going to be awesome. It's amazing. And how, yeah. I know you don't know the exact number of New yeah. Anthem. New Anthem. Something. We're in the seven or eight hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And how many years has New Anthem been going? Yeah, we're, we'll be two years this coming September, this fall. Love it. So mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. So what, for both of you, has been the best thing about planting with ARC? We'll start with you, Dan. You can go first. I mean, I think the biggest the man that's tough. That's a tough thing. You can to, give one or two. I think the biggest thing for me was when I started looking at planting a church, I think so much of my life has been about looking for the right people to pour into my life mm. so that whatever comes out of it will be successful. So whether I was an athlete or whatever, I always looked for people that were going to make me better. Yeah. And, and so when I was researching, groups that do this, that help churches to plant, I just couldn't find any other organization that had the track record of success, even, even if it's only been 20 years, Mm. the track record of success that they've seen. And so that I paid a huge attention to that, um, when I started and honestly, it's been way better than I even imagined. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it really has, I mean, any, any question, any resource, any thought from a seasoned veteran, they're always there. To, to help. For and, sure. um, and so I'm just blown away by the generosity, not just in money that they help resource yeah. you with, but relationships mm-hmm. and, and training and helping you to get better at what we do. Yeah. It's just been phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. What would you say? Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I totally forgot the question. As soon as he finished <laughs> saying what he was saying. What's been the best thing about planting with Ark? Best thing about planting. I'm so sorry. Uh, You've been hanging out coffee I, here. I High school students all week. It's all good. Yeah. So John's That's been true. yeah working, speaking at a camp. I have been. School yeah. Students. Yeah. It's fun. They're crazy. Um, <laughs> and that's why I forgot the question. Um, best thing about uh, planting with Ark. Um, I got to echo a lot of what Dan said. I think for me, um, I really, I loved the the practical tools. Uh, and we researched a lot of different church planting organizations. Yeah. Um, and I think ARC was maybe the only one that had a lot of practical pieces. Mm-hmm. Like you can go on and on about like, well, you're called to do it. So just kind of go and figure it out. But that's not going to teach you how to like not make the church go broke by, you know, that's right. not going to help right. you understand right. money, budgeting, you know, schedule, um, you know, how to draw people and, and teams right. and, and put them in place and, and then how to functionally do church. There's people that it's still a business, it's still a business. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you can know how to preach, but not know how to, you know, like what, yeah. what you need for the ins and inner workings of a church. You, like the, the, right. you have to have a service flow and your, your service has to have a beginning and end and know how it's starting <laughs> right. and ending. Like all those practical pieces were things that we weren't, um, we weren't seeing in any of the other, um, the networks that we were looking at. And I think yeah. that's one thing that really drew us um, along with just seeing their, their track record of yeah. success, um, churches that were just still healthy after five years. That was another big one for us. Um, it just made us feel safe. And then when we 
um, started, you know, going through the process and, and we started training with them and, and going through our assessment and that kind of thing. Um, just, just feeling again, even now, still, we have people um, with our calling, reaching out to us yeah. all yeah. through 2020, making right. sure we're okay, okay, checking in on us, right. seeing if we need anything. Um, even resources were like, we're thinking about a building and, and they, they connected us with like 10 different people, financial people and, yeah. and different other churches that have, you know, launched in similar areas with similar budgets and all of these things. It's just a, uh, a limitless resource. And so um, it just, it helps you in a, in a, uh, not a, so much a market, but in a, um, uh, occupation, I guess you could yeah. say right. that has such a high level or a high risk of failing. Um, that yeah, feeling of second. safety um, yeah. is is huge. That kind of, it's it's not so much a safety net, but it's just a just a, a sense that you're not alone and having so many other people and pastors um, behind you. Yeah, well, and um, I think that resourcing I think, is huge. You know, it's it's not about control either. Mm. And I think it it really comes from the heart of we want to help. Yeah, and we yeah. want to. We want to be a blessing. We don't want to just build what we've built. We want to help others to build what God's called them to build. And because it's his church yeah. across yeah. the board, it's his church. And so it's just a great heartbeat of an organization that just doesn't look out for themselves yeah. and, um, or, or even try to control everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's they, huge. they want to be a, a great resource. They're a good sounding board. They're full of wisdom. Yeah. They've been through and taken a lot of hits, especially some of the top leaders in it. Um, but man, just like planter to planter, whether you're because I've if you if you're like me, you're two years old, we're hitting five years old. Mm. These last five years, it feels like yesterday we planted New Life Church, and it also feels like it was 25 <laughs> yes. years ago. Absolutely. And yeah. and and COVID. You know, it's waited for like 10 years yes. Yes. unto itself. It's like, wait, we were only online for like 10 months, but it felt like an eternity. Yeah. So there's just the fact that there's so much diversity in 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 wisdom that you can draw upon and mm. friendships that you can draw upon. Yeah. You just can't beat it. Yeah. And it's not about control. Like you're you you can reach out and ask a question and not feel like, oh hey, you, you little idiot, you don't yeah. know what you're doing. Mm. Um, no, it's like like bring it on. Yeah, like mm -hmm. we've been there. Mm -hmm. Here's what we found. Yeah, works. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's refreshing. It is. Yeah. So what? What has been the biggest surprise to you in leading a church in these past two years? Oh man, um, <laughs> I think I think the biggest surprise, uh, other than 2020, <laughs> just uh, in general. yeah, just in general, um, has been the people. I think the, the the biggest surprise has been the biggest joy for me. Mm -hmm. The biggest joy by far is the people. The biggest surprise. Has been the people, and um, yeah. and on, and I mean that in in kind of two ways. One, uh, seeing pe people that maybe I I didn't even really expect step up, grow in their leadership. We have I think two um, individuals now getting their um, pastoral degree. One's getting a master's in uh, theology. Wants to be a pastor at our church, and yeah. he's wow. works full time, and he's just he's volunteering at a high level, and he's on our board right now too. And just we've asked for none of it. We're not really saying, hey, you know, other than, you know, we want you to grow. We want to give you opportunities. Yeah. We haven't said we haven't dangled any carrots. So just to see that there are so many people that have um, com has it's been really surprising to yeah. see. And then there's other people that were, you know, just as surprising we think are going to be there with us, are going to be the ones yeah. like maybe they'll be you know, leading this church someday. Maybe they'll be. Yeah. And that that bail or get mad because of, mm -hmm. you know, something I said or preached or a decision that, you know, leadership made. And then they're just gone. They're out. Or yeah. uh, I'm going to go to this other church now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just thought. I thought <laughs> yeah, so I was just, we thought we were the only ones. Yeah. 
Yep. People it's going like around. I, people I didn't like what I said or what I did or yeah. the mis- decisions we made or whatever. But I love the idea of, you know, Dan, even when we start a new life, he said, I've been taught that you'll be, you'll be shocked by who doesn't come mm. and you'll be shocked by who does. Yep. And, so the, and the same flip, with giving or well, like contributing the, to the Right. But the just mission. the flip Absolutely. side of being able, yeah, there's, I, I heard recently that church hurt flows both ways. Mm. You know, a lot of times you have people looking for a church that say, I have church hurt. Yeah. But I think people don't see the other end of the leaders yeah. who also still work in church and have church hurt. Mm. Yeah. But being able to flip it and to see those people who have grown and who are, you know, they, they always say like in conferences, like if you're looking for someone for this role, like stop looking outside of your church. Mm. Maybe there's someone you're overlooking that's right in the front row, like hungry for more. Yeah. And so we've been talking a lot about just like the people that have surprised us that have said like, I want to go into ministry, mm. you yeah. know, like it's awesome. What know, a beautiful we, thing. Right. Right. Yeah. The people under your care, God would then call into what you do. Yeah. Right. It's to me, it's the, it's, it's the greatest gift yeah. of yeah. a leader that a leader can have. And it could go both ways. I mean, I know I, I used to look at, you know, my athletic career and think, okay, I played for a great coach, coach Mac, Mac Brown, but man, coach Mac Brown recruited all these great coaches that became head coaches. Mm. Yeah. Like, and he sent them, like he said, good, let's like go for it. Yeah. Do it. And then there's other church leaders that don't have that same position, mm. you yeah. know, that, that want to keep their pedestal, you know, or whatever. And so, yeah, but it's, it's a hard dynamic. Yeah. So going off of that, one of the other questions we had is what advice would you give someone mm. either wanting to plant a church or just wanting to step into ministry in general? Yeah. And maybe how you did. Yeah. And how that whole thing played out. For sure. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I think, <laughs> I think, a lot of planters probably think their stories like or or situations unique, you right. know, yeah. and, uh, and it never is on some level. Uh, there are parts of it that are, and then like there's some of them got a burning bush. And others yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I think the biggest thing I would say is to count the cost, you know. And um, I there there was a lot of planters that planted around um, the time that I did, not necessarily with Arc, but just in our area. Some were just independent. Some were with other networks, and um, you know, planted with. Uh, you know, these big fat salaries for them and like a couple other people, you know, fundraised it all, you know, I, I just, I wonder, you know, in this new season, if that's not necessarily a thing of the past, but it's, it's something that um, I, I just, I wonder if it's something that God's maybe going to allow <laughs> moving yeah. forward on a large scale um, where there's going to be all that comfort right in the beginning. Sure. Um, and more and more, like there's a um, a gal launching a movement um, south of us in southwest Detroit, um, and she's completely um, self self sustained. And I have a good friend is actually finally launching in Monroe, Michigan, downriver Detroit. Completely self sustains his church. They have a full building, decked out, worship kids space, twenty seven thousand square feet or more. Paid for. He pays for all of it. He pays for all his staff. He pays for everything. And I, I think the future of church planting is going to look more like that. It's going to be those natural. Uh, every church planter has an ultra, entrepreneurial spirit. Um, if they're if they're called they church should, plant, right, they should. Exactly, right. And um, it's I starting think, something from nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's difficult and it takes everything. You're you're doing something that's impossible. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to take more. I think the future is going to take more of that. Um, people more that are grit. more grit is going to yeah. be required. 
I think there's going to be more um, fight, more like not just telling God, like I'm willing to do anything and go anywhere, but then actually like having to show God that by, um, you know, doing what my wife and I did when we moved to Detroit. I'd I'd had to drive Lyft. A lot of people don't know that. Like I had to drive Lyft because where he called us from, like he said, go now. It's one of the very few times he's ever told us to do that. We knew we were supposed to leave. We didn't have jobs. We somehow got an apartment. Uh, And then um, we just moved here. We started driving Lyft saying, God, I trust you. I'm going to hustle. And then income and jobs and opportunities, retreats, all these things. We never missed a meal. We never missed a payment. Yeah. We always had money in our savings account. You stepped out in faith. But we God, had to step out in faith. Right. You stepped out in faith, but you also didn't step out in faith and said, okay, God, just bring it. Right. Like you you, you worked. I'm going to be like, obedient yeah. and work. You, yeah. you worked it. You made sure that that you were on the right track. And I, I think what you're getting at is there's potentially some... I, I wouldn't call it lazy, but there's some maybe entitled yeah. privileged, privileged, um, I would say, yeah, or privileged mm-hmm. um, situations out there. And and I I do I think it it could be detrimental because I think God wants to use us mm. to help build His church. Mm. And while that's happening, He's building us. Yeah, yeah. Like He's sure. using us to build the church, but He's also building us in the same process. Right. Mm. And too much of that gets lost if you don't go through this massive growth phase, especially in an entrepreneurial church planter type. Yeah. yeah. There's so many things like you, you got to be hungry. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't just expect people to just show up. Yeah. And, you know, people always people always think, well, how does a church fail? You either don't have people or you don't have money mm. or you don't have both. Right. Right. And that's period. Mm. And God's always used that. Mm. What's the greatest thing they say about leader? You you think you're a leader, but if no one's following you, what are you doing? You're just, you're just taking, just a, taking walk. a walk. Yeah, that's good. And there might be a lot of people that are out there just, just taking, taking a walk. walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's yeah. good, man. Well, and I know even our our counselor, Chip Judd, said, beware of peaking too soon mm. because God always wants to take you through a pruning process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you peak too soon, but you haven't been pruned. Yeah. And so then he just said, greater is the fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so, so wise yeah. of just being willing, as you said, is, as we're helping grow God's church to allow God to grow us yeah. in those seasons. And to too. be thankful for that pruning. Right. Yeah. So how did, how did you know that you were called to this? You said something about, you know, some people, they think their moment is unique mm. or what was your moment? Yeah. Um, so I, I started mock preaching when I was six years old after I got back okay. from a promise keepers conference, which is a yes. big, yeah, men's mm-hmm. conference yeah. at the time. It was at the Silver Dome, which isn't there anymore. It's Ford Field yep. um, in the Detroit area. And my dad took me and I was way too young. I was like six, seven years old. And I went two years in a row with my dad and I loved it. And that's when I first felt called to ministry. Uh, and I would come back seeing all these great preachers that were probably really famous. I couldn't tell you the right. name yeah. of one of them. <laughs> um, but, and I just wanted to, to do that. And I just started mock, mock preaching to all my siblings to you know, I, I, yeah, and, you know, I was, we were homeschool. I was homeschooled at the time, and and uh, I would I would just preach all the time, and 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 God just be, started to kind of stir something in me, and so I think in terms of just preaching to people, yeah. that it was kind of that, um, and then uh, it was really, it was really other people speaking it over me. I was the person okay. that disqualified myself yeah. from being a senior leader or or a lead pastor. 
um, because of my age, because I was always kind of the youth guy, the high energy guy. And historically, especially in my early youth ministry years, I would scare away adults and scare away leaders because <laughs> I was just like this visionary. Let's just do this. Let's take the hill. Let's go. There. Let's yeah. blow it up. Let's like, right. yeah, pyrotechnics and the, all the kid, youth kids are going to get saved. People didn't hear kids getting saved. They just heard we were going to light things on fire. And they're like, Explosions. I'm out. Yeah. And so, uh, and so I just got used to that. I'm like, nope, yeah. adults are just kind of scared of me. And my uh, my pastor at the time, he uh, gave me the opportunity to, um, he's like, I want you to preach on a Sunday. And I was like, you think that. Uh, you don't really mean that. Uh, and I did. And I loved it. And there was an incredible response from people. And he was like, I want you to be my number two communicator. When I'm not in the pulpit, I want you to be in the pulpit. How old so, were you at that point? Uh, I was. It was much later. I was... Uh, Gosh, was You're I six. twenty? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm now six and a half. So yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I it was uh, twenty six, twenty seven, I think. Okay, somewhere in there. So yeah, it was. Uh, I'd been in youth ministry for years. Uh, my yeah. first youth ministry position was when I was seventeen, and so that was kind of my Amazing. lane. I was like, I'm gonna do youth. I'm gonna die doing youth. I'm gonna be the old guy that isn't weird and lame. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna still be cool, <laughs> and kids are gonna still want me to preach to them. And yeah. Uh, so that was both my wife's and my dream. And, uh, yeah, God just had other plans. And I eventually began to just love preaching to adults, mm -hmm. uh, eventually even more than students. Yeah. And, um, yeah, God just kind of shifted our heart. We like, it was literally like we woke up one day and we're just like, we just want to like preach in the church and we are done with youth ministry. It was like, wow. we hit a wall. We're like, yeah. we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. We are done hanging out with kids. So yeah. I love picturing you as a six year old, just like that couch got saved. That chair <laughs> yeah. got saved. Yeah. I love table, it. Yeah. Going with me to heaven. Yes. Yeah. My dad always raised his hand for salvation. <laughs> got saved so many times. It was awesome. So good. <laughs> it's it's good for the confidence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Okay. So going back to that, 27 year old John, if you could tell him something that you know now about church planting, oh, what would it be? Oh, geez. Uh, how about a different, how about a different yeah. side? So let's say we, we all, we entered into doing this yeah. with some semblance of like, I know where I'm good. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. I know things, I know things very well about this. I, I know I can stand up and preach, I, you know, mm. or maybe we think we can. Uh, but what is it that just like was just so uncomfortable for you or you just, you, you got into this and you're like, man, I had no idea. Yeah. You yeah. I think two things. One, I think I would tell myself that I can just be myself. Mm. That I that, that that I can just be myself and be who God's called me to be and that's enough and yeah. that's going to draw so the people that God wants to our church that's going to create the culture that God wants in the city that he's called us to. Yeah. Um I think that's a big one. And I think there was a a season where I felt like I had to because I was fighting that that all of the the baggage from all the leaders that I hurt and and bad ministry decisions based off of me just wanting to run fast. Yeah. Um, there was a part that I'm like, I need to be like slow and quiet and somber or mm. serious. And and I can only have so much humor from the stage, even though naturally, like I love laughing and I love yeah. making right. people laugh. And and um, when I as I began to shed that and when I stop trying to think for people, like mm -hmm. people are going to only view me as a youth pastor. So I have to show them, no, 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 I really am a lead pastor. I'm just going to be uniquely who I am. Yeah. And I'm going to stand in the authority of the word of God. And I'm just going to like 
leave the, so you the rest were up even to even trying to fight assumptions that you were thinking they had 100%. without knowing they had yes. them. Yep. Yeah. And they didn't. And no. isn't that how the devil works? Is that like, yeah. Yeah. so I, I share often with our church and I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before that my biggest issue is insecurity. Mm. And um, so it's that you're trying to prove yourself. And I think as a church planter, one of the things I know that I dealt with early in this, in this, you can share whether or not you dealt with this too, is I also, man, I had some incredible mentors. Mm, yeah. I had some incredible people who had poured into my life mm-hmm. in ministry and I'd learned so many amazing things. And even going through ARC and having their resources and their wisdom for planning the church, I had a, a lot of great voices who had spoken in my life and leadership. Yeah. And I think that was even confusing when we started the church mm. to the degree that I had pulled so many great things from other people. And it's, we, I, and I still yours. do. Yeah. But I think in the last five years, one, one of the things that God has really been in that pruning, I guess, is now this is who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is who Dan Smith is. Yes. This is who I, I didn't call, you know, someone else to lead new life church at this moment in time. He, he called yeah. me just mm-hmm. like he called you. Yeah. And, and he's very specific about that. And so I, I, I got to the point where I was like, I, I got to stop. And I didn't even know I was doing it. Honestly, I didn't yeah. even know I was trying to be like other people. Yeah. Cause I don't, to be honest, I don't watch other people's stuff a lot and go, man, I'm going to preach just like him or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I try to learn things. And I know you do too. Yeah. But I think that's also a great learning thing is, man, yeah, we got to be us. Yep. Yeah. Cause God made us. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, created us and called us to be us. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, so that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you lead worship and preach every weekend? I do. Yeah. <laughs> How do you, how do you prepare for, I, so I tried to do that one time and what was it I did? I think I like, I tried to stop at the second song Mm. because I was so stressed out that I like went into our tithing and like the sweet guy who was supposed to lead the third song is like, what's going on? And so they said, you're never allowed to lead worship and preach at the same time. And it got, it got really people. weird when she was preaching. And then all of a sudden she walked over the piano to try to pad. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't actually do that. But. I did that one time when we were both preaching together. I was like, all right, gotta go. So how is that mentally just draining on you or do you love it? I, you know, I, I love it for what it is. Um, I, we would love to have a, a worship leader for sure. Um, I, I, there's a lot of weeks that I feel like um, if the worship I felt like was really good, that the, the ma- message was lacking or if the message uh, is good, I had to take energy or thought or yeah. brain power from the worship. So um, yeah, I think, I think that's been really tough, but honestly, like our success is like we have our assistants, our worship assistants are amazing mm-hmm. and awesome. they make it. So I literally just show up on Sunday and with sing. my guitar yeah. and do it and they worry about everything else. Oh, that's, that, that's the that's, that's the biggest yep. part of it. Yeah. Um, and I knew it wasn't going to work unless they came on, and yeah. fortunately they did. So, um, that's really they they, cool. they yeah, I love everything. That. They make you, it possible. And you, they were with you for since they were ten right? years old. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been mentoring them since they were ten. Came up in my youth group. They were interns for me in the youth group, and now they're both. They're all. all uh, we have two um, getting ministry degrees right now. That's awesome. Uh, online, and they work at our church part time. That's yeah. amazing. How old are they now? Uh, 19, uh, 20, 
and then one is 23. That's and she amazing. she was with me since she was 16. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So cool. You, and we've seen a ton of that too. Like yeah. Kelsey used to be a, a middle school choir teacher. Yep. So we have a ton of our people that are still in the band and singing and our our worship assistant was in my first ever seventh grade choir it's class. amazing yeah and now she nannies our kids yes. and is the worship runs, assistant. runs and, everything yeah i, I mean ba- yeah. basically runs worship yeah yeah so and even like our front line of most of the singers i remember when i was a middle school teacher and dan was like you know i think like I want you to pray about being the worship director. And I remember saying to God, like, but I don't know where my team is because mm. I had led at other churches mm-hmm. in the area. And I'm like, well, I'm not taking people from those teams. Like, that's not how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I remember saying like, God, I don't know where my team is. And I love just picturing him looking down at that middle school choir class wow. and saying, they're right here. Wow. But also, you know, incredible. like look no further. Yes. Well, and even talk These about weird little seventh graders. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And so she, yeah, she picked up, some of these kids who were, who she had already had a relationship with. Mm-hmm. So she had this influence, but also going back to the hustle question, we had to go get them. Yeah. Oh. Like yeah. I, I met with musicians to build that team. Mm. Like I met with a drummer, two drummers. We invited one to our house yeah. who he, he actually asked us if it was going to be a paid gig. And I said, no, sorry. <laughs> like, one. no, this is, <laughs> that's yeah. not, no, that's not why we're, it's you not know, for us it's not going to, so, and he was with us for, Three yeah, plus years. Texas, yeah. So, yeah. Until he moved. But that's that hustle thing is like, mm. if you don't have it, you got to build it. Yeah. Right. You, and you can't, can't just expect it to happen. You right. can't just expect yeah. it to grow. You got to go do it. Absolutely. And so, absolutely. It's what great. has been, you mentioned 2020. You just can't quite get away from it. Mm. What has been your biggest takeaway in leading through a pandemic? The biggest takeaway. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest takeaway for me uh, as a leader, I guess I'll just speak for, for myself yeah. as a leader, um, was just the importance of um, uh, rhythms and um, what's the what's the word? Um, just dis- spiritual discipline. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Th- that's the biggest thing um, because of how crazy everything was it was you didn't even feel guilty to be out of sync out of rhythm not sticking to any kind of and and with it where I struggled and my wife and I struggled the most um spiritually came from that just not being in a rhythm and and I feel like when we kind of turn a corner and we started like okay and being able to kind of pace our breathing and really kind of focus a bit and and start like okay hearing from God and figure out what we're supposed to do and where we're supposed to go it was it was when we realized that and we kind of course corrected yeah. and and changed up those rhythms. But just the importance of it that um, you know there was points where we I mean where we're looking at you know things burning and and people freaking out. I had COVID really early. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. Right. And um and in the middle of all of that, you know when when those rhythms are in place, you just kind of take everything in stride. Yeah. And um and we just learned a lot to to the point where you know, as my wife and I were talking, we actually came to the point where we're like, this can get worse and we're still going to be fine. This can get so much worse and we're going to be just fine. But before that, even weeks before that, when we were out of rhythm, we were like, we are going to die. This is the end. All of everything in Revelations is coming true now. Let's just go (laughs) ahead and binge watch every single possible conspiracy (laughs) YouTube video uh, and and profit out there and whatever they have to say. We're just going to freak out on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I think that was the Uh, biggest thing. I have a mentor who told me, 
you know, we so often want to schedule out like, okay, God is number one, then husband, spouse, then family, then church. And you want this like running list of how to do it. And she said, you know, I would argue that it would do you really well if you say God is number one and let that be your Mm -hmm. list. And she was like, because if you give him the first 10% of your day, if you set him as number one, she said, he's a God of order, not Mm -hmm. of chaos. And so he'll align everything else. And there may be seasons where maybe your spouse needs more from you than your church, or maybe the church needs more from you, but God will align that if you put them him as number one. It's great. But when, when you're out, when no one has a schedule and the rhythms are totally disrupted, it's a fight to get into that. So I think that's really yep. good. Well, and our our order as a leader or discipline flows out. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so if 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 we're kind of in a all over the place, so is our team. Yeah. And so is our so are our people. And I think that you know, the pandemic definitely made us think through and even talk to and even say, like, if we're gonna if we're gonna put these services together online or if we're gonna do these ministries. Like, how is this going to work with people? Yeah. Right. And some some people, because our ministry runs on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't run on just one person. It runs on a multitude of people yeah. mm-hmm. that make it happen. And and so I know we maybe changed when we recorded services. Yeah. Like maybe once or t- we changed how we did it some. some yeah. mm-hmm. But mostly we we changed maybe once or twice so that our teams could get back in a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And it and it you know, you know, and it it threw us all off. Yeah. And there were people who wouldn't come to help us do it and you know, which is totally fine and right. you know, understandable and Well, I remember at one point we had, you know, someone that had to drive a ways to come in and film and they had to have like a pass in their car mm. in case if they were pulled over to say they were coming to film a church service wow. and you're like, you just don't expect to have to do that yeah. ever you know it really really makes you appreciate what we have here yeah that there's other countries where people are hiding out to go meet in a church and mm-hmm. it kind of felt like that yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. yeah so it certainly did yeah it's crazy so yeah. we, you know talking about last year you have the pandemic mm. but then you have the election and then you have all of this racial tension. what election it doesn't ring any bells (laughs) but you know then we have all of this racial division and tension and i know that you and cc maybe not all of our our viewers know but you and cc are an interracial couple yeah so i'm curious as to how you guys have navigated the the past year Mm -hmm. being in leadership you know having people's eyes on you how do we handle this well um how how have you guys navigated that yeah um it (laughs) It's been a lot, honestly. Um, and in a lot of ways, we're still processing all of it. Yeah. Um, I think the the hardest thing in, in terms of a leadership uh, lens, the hardest thing for us was we our, our congregation is really a reflection of us, too. So yeah. uh, there is a decent chunk of white people and a decent chunk of African-American and, and other um others as well but for us like the the thing that we struggled with was we had a tension in our church of wanting to uh preach more black and a in a and so there was this group of people that weren't happy with that you know on that end with how i was communicating or preaching or addressing the issues at hand and you then talking about it enough that i wasn't talking about it enough but there was a, a maybe even larger group 
that I, it, I wasn't preaching white enough. And it was, I, gotcha. racism doesn't exist. Why are we even talking yeah. about this? Why are we even having the conversation? And so um, there, there's a tension there. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was difficult to navigate. Um, and then to say nothing is also to have a stance as well. So right. um, not really where we want to be also. And then we also don't want to be a political church. And we don't. We definitely right. want to be a church that's just known for addressing anything politically. But then we also don't want to just address certain, you know, hot button issues when there's a bunch out there that are right. pretty important. Right. And why aren't we talking about all of them and just be a you know, social justice church? So right. they're... they're even even amongst our staff, there was all of this tension of just massive conversations we had to go through. And I think the hardest thing for me personally as a leader is there was a lot of levels, things that surfaced from even my childhood. It's yeah. a, a lot of levels of racism that I experienced growing up that all I was just reliving as I'm watching literally every major city in America burn, right. other yeah. than Detroit, by the way. Yeah. 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 Um, so that that was it was just a challenge because I I'm trying to navigate your own my own emotions yeah. about it and and I'm talking to I I'm getting while at the same time getting emails from uh, African American pastors um, you know why aren't you talking about this you have a platform you have a unique platform oh, because wow. you're a multicultural church why aren't you being more aggressive why aren't you more angry about this um, from pastors I'm like well. uh. Uh, and and then you know simultaneously you know hearing you know the the opposite and right. so. Um, like it, you can't please anyone. Right, then. it is yeah. an impossible situation. Uh, you're it, not only trying to navigate your own emotions, you're trying to help them with all of this right. too. So, so where does our church stand on this? How the heck do I feel about it? Right. And that was several weeks. Yeah. When you didn't have several weeks to put stuff out there and right. start right. saying stuff, yep. um, you you had to like say like it tomorrow. now. And we were yeah. we were late to the party, honestly. But I'm glad we were because it took that time just to get our staff unified in terms yeah. of what yeah. we were saying and why we were saying it. It wasn't reactionary. Um, right. right. Yeah. Not at all. We were one of the few that were like, <laughs> we were probably the last church. And I think we, we maybe have a little bit more leeway because of how multicultural we are. Um, but honestly, we were so late to the party, even making it, putting out a statement because really every single phrase that we say, ha we have oh, to be unified be, about it. Yeah. 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 And, and it's going to trigger someone and we have to be completely content and comfortable with yeah. with it triggering people and yeah. taking willing to take hits for it and and I would say even going back to your other question I think that's something else that I would add to anyone considering planting now in this day and age is you have to be willing and ready to take hits like oh. in in this new world you have to go into it when we when we relaunched our church coming off covid we did a promotion and we we're like okay we know it's probably going to ruffle feathers we only had negative comments only negative yeah, yeah. in our ads 30 new families that. I'll take yeah. the negative comments all day. Wow. Right. We had people yeah. saying we hope we get COVID. That's right. Yeah. Like all this oh, stuff. Yeah. We had yeah. 30 new families. A bunch That's of them got amazing. saved. It's worth, okay. I'll take it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's the price. And that is the price and the cost of leadership. Yeah. You know, is is not everyone's always gonna be happy with it. And we're not perfect. Like we share that all the time. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. We're going to miss it Someone from time us. to time. And we're gonna make the wrong decisions. Or I'm gonna say right. the the Dumbest thing. Yeah. This morning, I said the dumbest thing to my wife. <laughs> I need forgiveness just as much yes. as everybody yes. else We does. had a friend who sent us a, a meme that said, if you want people to like you, don't be a leader. Sell ice cream. <laughs> and, and Dan was like, amen, but I bet Kelsey would rather sell ice cream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm, someday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I think also when I'm learning, you know, coming back to that whole, like, you be you thing and be comfortable with, with who you are is – one, my goal, and I, I believe this is your goal too, is my goal is to be faithful to God. Mm. 
first. That's it. And to be faithful to his word above anything else, mm. above what the news is saying, what the culture is saying, what the hot button topic of today is or tomorrow is, yeah. is to be faithful to the word of God and to God himself. And, and so that, I guess, grounds us even in the midst of some of the chaos yeah. if we stay there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, it's hard not to be swayed by the crowd and yelling this way or that way. But I even know coming back to like being you, like we have a, we, we have this phrase that kind of guides the kind of church we want to be and the things that we do. Mm. And one of the things up there is diverse. Yeah. And we want to be a diverse church. And that means age. Like it means yeah. we want young people to feel like they have a place here and they can grow here. And mm. they're not just over here in the corner, but they're a part of what we're doing. Same thing with, with the elder generation, my mom, who's 78 or 79 years old that comes here. And, you know, we've even heard like, you guys are such a young church. Well, we want to be all ages. Like, yeah. like, please stay with us. We don't want to just, you know, we want to be a diverse church, but yeah. we like, we want to have diversity in, in multi-ethnic and multi-racial. Mm. Yeah. And I've had to take a step back in this last year and realize that I can't force that. Mm. Yeah. Like right now with where our church is located, it's a very white community. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it doesn't mean that the greater Kalamazoo area doesn't have a ton of diversity, but right where we are geographically located as a church is very white. Yeah. yeah. And it, and you do have some pockets of diversity, but a lot of who we're trying to reach in the community that we, we live in just doesn't have the diversity mm. that we do want to have at right. some point. And yeah. so I, I think part of it for me is just embracing the fact that I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure I build relationships that are diverse yeah. relationships, but I can't force, I can't force our organization or our church right. to be that. That's I can only, so huge. I can just model the relationships yeah. we want to have. Right. Yeah. So, and if anything, like, and you know, we had talked earlier about like, it's not just like, Oh, it was a, it was a rough 2020 and you know, racial tensions were high mm. and okay. Now we're in 2021. Mm. You know, we have to do the job of continuing to have those conversations yeah, yeah. and to say, how can we get better? And, oh, I thought just not saying anything was okay. Mm. I didn't realize that was not taking a stand or not fighting for someone, you mm. know, or seeing that, like you said, the hurt that came up in you from from years upon years of different things happening yeah. that, you know, probably that you probably just pushed down. Right. Mm -hmm. And probably yeah. didn't happen to Dan and I, mm. you yeah. know, and, and. So having those conversations and just saying like, how do we keep getting better? Mm. You know? And so I guess that would be my last question for you is, mm. you know, you said we had to find as a church where we were landing mm. and everything that was going on. And so what would you say moving forward is how the church can continue to get better in handling oh. those conversations? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't prep you with that. No, that's, that's, a, big, that's okay. a big question. That is a big question. Uh, a couple of things and I'll try not to preach. Uh, Please do. Okay. So I think on the topic of race in terms of um, hurting people, mm -hmm. you have to go back to the gospel of Jesus. You have to look yeah. at the ministry of Jesus. What we were told to do is to weep with those who weep mm -hmm. and mourn with those who mourn, yeah. regardless of their political affiliation, 100%. regardless of who they're voting for, regardless of masks, no masks, regardless of any of that. It didn't say once find out why they're weeping. If it's a stupid issue, let them yes. know it's stupid and it's an improper narrative that you're even crying about uh -huh. that. No, weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. You, and you don't get to judge their level of hurt. That's right. Decide. Mm -hmm. And I there are so many in, in 
at, at large in the evangelical church that that missed that part of it, and that yeah. was really sad for me to see. So I think I'd start there. There's there's there were several, and and really where I got heated up, honestly, was seeing a lot of the um, really famous pol uh, conservative political commentators claim to be Christians, mm -hmm. and would see talk you know these different talk about these different hurts, pains that people had, and and legitimately say I have no feel no emotion. I I don't feel sorry for them. They're stupid because of the narrative. Oh. And I'm saying, so now what are you teaching Christians? Right. When what are you teaching Christians about how to address hurting and broken people, regardless of the narrative or the yeah, political that's... part of it? Start with that, be a Christian, and then address how stupid all that, you know, if right. that's how you feel about it. And so I think that's a big one, that there is a lot of conversation. There's so many conversations that aren't being had simply because there is this belief that if the narrative seems stupid enough to you, you don't have to have the conversation about how it's emotionally, intellectually, mentally, right. spiritually affected someone their entire life. If yeah. the narrative sounds stupid, you're not called that for motion. Yes. So, yeah. so I think I think that's a big one. And that is where the, the second one is this. The civil rights movement started in the church. Yeah, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, and and sure. so it, it was a church movement. And the People would also say that slavery could have started. That, that, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Now, to me, I guess I start with the idea that we, <laughs> one of the things that's frustrated me about church from the beginning, and, and even part of the reason of why we like started a church, one of our angsts, because every church planter has angsts, uh, which is what drove <laughs> them to plant a church, <laughs> yeah. is that they're well, always the last to the party. Yeah. yeah. Te technolo technologically, um, with websites, apps, you name it, live streaming. They're always that like the world starts influencing people, usually with a greater negative later, like, side oh, of it. And then they're like, oh, I guess we can have an influence this way. Yeah. Th this is no different. Yeah. The world was there first and the church had no hand in it, had no voice, had no influence in it. They were late to the party. Um, and then the ones that were trying to speak to it, of course, was the more progressive church, hipster churches or whatever yeah. that were just wanting to we, we should have already been in that space. Yeah. Yeah. We should have already been there speaking the, the, the life of Jesus, speaking the gospel. And that's all you need to, you don't need to get political. As a church, we shouldn't be. All yeah. we need to right. do is go into every single highway, byway, where there's hurt, where there's pain, where there's any amount of people hurting or not with the good news of the gospel. Yeah. And the gospel will do all the rest. Yeah. We don't have to do anything right. else. And so um, for me, I think that's, it's been it's been sad for me to that that's been the, been the biggest thing that's been hard for me to see is just people um if it's remotely laden with anything political they're just nope and they go back to the narrative and i'm like but they're people we're yeah. called to love them that's what jesus did and you're saying right i'm gonna love them like jesus once they start voting like me yeah right. and we're missing it we're missing it so and so I, I i think that that's that's where i get really fired up um, I think that's the biggest stance that we've taken. It's not about black and white. It's about if we're Christians, what right. we're celebrating is the red blood shed of Jesus Christ Amen. on Calvary. Yeah. That's the unifying factor that's unifying all of it. God calls us all to be reconciled. God's drawing every single one of us uh, and we're all image bearers of God. Um, and so start there and the rest are just details. Wow. You don't even really notice the rest once you, right. you focus on that part of the gospel in serving people well. Yeah, well I mean, And we have incredible. to be come as Christians, I used this phrase a couple weeks ago, comfortably uncomfortable mm. in the midst of the pain and the chaos. Yeah. Because we're called to be salt and light. We're called to be healers. We're yeah. called to bring hope. And so we got to become comfortable with some of that, some of these things. And, Standing in the gap. And we're mm. just not, and we're just, yeah. we haven't been there. We've been afraid. We've been yeah. scared. And um, and so like you said, we're, we're late to the party. Mm. 
you know, that being said, I want to, I want to close with a couple things. We're, we're going to do a series and you may have done one like this, this fall called asking for a friend. Mm. So you, you, people get to ask all sorts of great questions. Honestly, right now, if, if you want to punch in a comment or something like that, or send yeah. a question to info at new life, KZ, we're doing this on our Instagram, um, as well, but right off the bat, one of the questions I'm going to answer this coming fall is what should Christians do about abortion and weed? Mm. Whew. Oh, wait, are you asking me that? <laughs> Heck no. I no. <laughs> no, like, no so, it took all the brain power I had to answer the raised question. Yeah, so we're going to so land the plane right there. I'm but so we're like, going there, man. We're going there. I love it. We're going to. We're gonna. I'm handle, gonna tune in. I want to learn. Something. We just, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. I want to learn some things too, and I, you know, I. We're gonna lean into God. We're gonna lean into God's yeah. word, but I go. It's in that vein that we just we can't be afraid of hard topics. Yeah. yeah. Because people are asking. They're asking these questions. Yep. Their life is is. Or they're asking these questions both inside the church and yep. outside this right. church. So we can't be afraid of it. But the, really, what we want to end with is you two singing together, because you're a singer. She's oh, a singer. So let's Not come ready up for this. with it right now. We got nothing. You don't need a guitar. Acapella. All right. We'll let you start. Your favorite what? song. No. I'll find a harmony. Uh, <laughs> and I, sweet mercy. I hope I know it. What, what song are we song? talking about? Oh, worship song? Okay. Oh, oh, I know a sweet harmony. What? Right now, the song Gyra oh. that you guys sing. And he's probably like, oh, goodness. Let's see. I'm trying to. You pick anyone. Okay. I'll find, I'll find something. Uh, if I don't know it, I'm gonna cut you. I am not okay. singing, by yeah, the way. Dude, you, okay. You, um, Dan, Dan will find the tone. I can't. I'll I'll do the drums. <laughs> uh, we'll do uh, "Grace in the Gardens." I think oh the, yeah. It's the only one I I confident I know all the words to. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll do, we'll do verse two. Oh. Um, right. Okay. Let's see. I just. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. My failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountain is the God of the valleys, and there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That was good. It's good. Hey, you're good. Pastor John Pomeroy, yeah. New Anthem Church. It has been such an honor. Thank you. We love so you guys. Oh, we you are too. cheering you guys on. Yeah. Thank you for coming and joining us in this great episode. Don't forget, nobody's perfect. Let we, him fill in the blanks. No, please don't let me We are out. all in process. <laughs> so never stop learning. Yes. Never stop growing. And keep leaning in. Mm -hmm.